1: What's going on
2: Bulls Nation and welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by a points vet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up. To live your bet life. And it's Tuesday, so I'll have a pick of the week for you. Ooh. Coming up later on tonight's show. Uh-huh. Tonight? Today? Today. Sun's still up. It's up. Still haven't fully transitioned from our pre and post game <laughs> months. <laughs>
0: Fly right on in there, buddy. Uh,
2: I'm Peck You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore peck. Big Dave here is at bow B-A-W-L Sports. Bow. Our guy in the circle, Will <laughs> the Goat Gottlieb, is on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. We Why are CH underscore Bulls. <laughs> Um, hope everybody had a great long Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we dropped a pod audio only podcast in your podcast feeds Monday, mm-hmm. yesterday, Happy. which was our final evaluation of our season evaluations, and it was for Bulls head coach Billy Donovan. So, go after this, go back to that and give that a listen if Wait, you haven't already.
0: I have to say that I want people to listen to it because uh, Will the Thrill said it was our best one. He if did. Will said it's After our we best wrapped up, one.
2: He said I think that was our best That's evaluation, yeah. guys. If Will
0: says it's our best one. Then then it's our best one. Damn it. So, go listen to it. <laughs> and you want to know why
1: I said because it is coaching is the hardest thing to evaluate because there's just so many people in the coaching staff, you don't know who to attribute what to, but I thought we had the most insight to say about something that was very difficult. So, I stand by what I said. Uh, speaking
2: of evaluations, okay, Will this morning just posted his latest column on allchgo.com Busy. and it is evaluating every move AK and Eversley have made since arriving. Impressive. So, you know, we had a podcast version of grading AK and Eversley okay. last week, but that was just for the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. Will's column here that is up on our website right now, mm-hmm. every move every single since one. they arrived. So go check that out. It's impressive. Will,
1: how was your weekend, buddy? It's good to see your face. It was great, great weekend, just hanging out, getting some food, uh, enjoying it's it's turning into fall down here. It's getting cold. The leaves are falling. It's kind of strange messing with my, with my vibes, but I'm enjoying it. So do you feel cheated because
2: you were were, we were just about to get to summer in Chicago when you left Chicago and now you're like back to starting the fall into winter phase.
1: It's definitely very strange. (laughs) I can't say that I've experienced this before, but I do love fall. And I'll be back in the States in a couple of weeks. So I'll get some of summer. But it's definitely been a weird little weather couple of weeks here.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see him, man. I was wondering why he had the hoodie on. That was going to be my first question. It's like, cold. It's like 45 hoodie? degrees. Okay, I get it, man. That's all. So you yeah, in my weather now. Like, okay, this is awesome. I feel good now. I feel good. And how was your weekend, my friend? Weekend was awesome. I did nothing. Darn. It was spectacular. I did nothing but hang around the coolest person in the world other than me, and that's my mother. Oh. So, yeah, I did that all weekend long and it was great and I enjoyed it and it was awesome. And yeah, that was it. Wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, my
2: weekend was also good. Okay. Uh, best part of it, Warrior Celtics came true. Mm. Told y'all. Applaud this man. Told y'all. Applaud him because
0: nobody likes to be right more than this man.
2: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so we'll do a little NBA Finals preview either tomorrow or Thursday uh, as part of one of those episodes, and we'll check in, and I'll let you guys make new picks for the finals. Oh, you're so nice. Y'all Y'all dummies
0: had <laughs> son's bucks. <laughs> now, here, I'll, I'll say, now, Joey, I want to ask you on this because you, you're the guy who's about spending money on this stuff. Now, Matt put some money on this, right? And I told him he can't, he can't. He wanted to give me the Jordan truck, and I told him he can't give me the Jordan truck because he didn't put no real money on it. And I'm like, you got to put some G's on this. You know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna give you the Jordan shrug, because that's Mike stuff. You got to give me. I was like, you get the security guard Jordan shrug, because you put some Jordan on it. But what what do you think on that? Because I think you got to put some money on
3: this. Big Dave, I don't know where the idea that I'm like a degenerate gambler originated. You tried
0: to get me into a Ponzi scheme of gambling. (laughs) That was because (laughs) that
3: was because the bet was risk free. But I would say that if it was like an $100 bet, that checks out for me. Fifty, eh, Sef- pretty still. 75? Seventy-five or close. I think if you're above fifty, that's like real money that you're losing. If as long as it's not like ten dollars. So you know what, Matt, I'm I'm with you because I'm pretty sure it's more than that. Yeah, I mm. did. I tell you on our <laughs> text thread, <laughs> you know, I was hot uh, tonight night. night. <laughs> what
0: what I won? Yeah, you did. You did. And that's I'm not for saying predicting like Celtics that. that's, Warriors. That's our business. I won't say anything, but. It was but a yes, decent amount. It, he did solid. He did very, very solid. I thought he could have did more solid by putting <laughs> more cash on it. I want more money on it, baby. Put more money on it's it. A,
2: it's a darn shame your boy Jimmy couldn't come through one more time, Well,
0: <laughs> He couldn't wait.
2: <laughs> I got nothing.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking is, of Jimmy,
2: so starting this week, we are now into phase Mm pre-draft. The NBA draft, June 23rd. Mm -hmm. This is the last day of May right here. We got the next three weeks to talk about the 2022 NBA draft and what the Bulls might do. So we're going to do a couple of things as we go along here for the next few weeks. We're going to be looking at a lot of different potential draft prospects. Uh, We'll probably be, you know, pulling from the, the names of players who are projected to go in most mock drafts right now somewhere between 10 and 30. Mm-hmm. You know, like we probably won't bother with the top 10 because the Bulls aren't getting one of the top 10. Um, and then along with that, Big Dave, you had a really fun idea. Tell the people what that idea is
0: because we're kicking it off today. Oh, fun ideas is what I'm all about, baby. So I wanted to talk about since the draft is upcoming. What I wanted to do was let's go down the Bulls, 30 picks, you know, not the second round, nothing like that, but let's just go down the 30 picks the Bulls have made throughout their history and figure out what is the greatest draft pick the Bulls have made at each number, starting at 30, going all the way to one. Some of them are obvious, some of them are not, but I think it'd be cool to do to just start at 30, go all the way to one and see which Bulls pick was the best one.
2: Love that. So we're going to start with that today, and then uh, on the back end of today's show, we are going to look at our first Bulls potential draft prospect, and that is the big man from Duke, Mark Williams. Mm. So stay tuned for that. But first, we start with 30. Yes. In the history of the Chicago Bulls franchise, picking at 30. Mm -hmm. This was a fairly obvious one, (laughs) as you just said, Big Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we just watched him fight like hell. All the way to Game 7 in the Eastern Conference
0: Finals. All the way to Game 7. His Played game? every minute. Jimmy G. Buckets. Oh, the G does stand for gets. It stands for gets. Jimmy Butler, the 30th pick of the draft for the Chicago Bulls, right out of Marquette. You know, Dwayne Wade also went to Marquette. I don't know if you knew that, man. Never, never heard that before. Never heard, that? Never heard that? No, never oh, heard of okay. that. Okay, just checking that out. <laughs> yeah, also went <laughs> to Marquette. Uh, there are his stats right there. Um, 12 points a game, 5 rebounds. Uh, uh 1, 1. 1.7 assists 1.7 steals and judging by the haircut that is exactly where he should have been picked he doesn't look like a guy that was <laughs> going to be that dude coming out of college just yeah. you know he looked like just looking at the picture he looks like the try hard guy he just does looking at the photo and he developed into something really great man he did um
2: and you know of course Bulls fans all came to know his story when the Bulls drafted him with the 30th overall pick in 2011 um, you know the uh, Mark, Mark, former Marquette coach uh, Buzz found him when he was playing JUCO mm. at Tyler Junior College. Shout out, um, which is I feel like something that happens less and less frequently these days compared to when Jimmy was drafted 11 years ago. A lot of a lot of guys will just you know either go and play one and done year at a real college, or some of them are just going through the G League now mm-hmm. uh, instead of doing the junior junior college thing. But that just tells you how much of a leap and a transformation he had to make because that's like nobody cared about Jimmy butler when he was playing high school ball nobody
1: that's true will jimmy i think like the big story is just like how he turned himself into a good player obviously he's like a superstar now right like i think we can all agree even though he's not your guys favorite he is like a star player in this league but before that like he turned himself from pretty much like back of the rotation unplayable into like a very solid role player and just kept on getting better so for me When you are drafting middle of the pack late first round, you wanna get somebody who can like turn themselves into a quality player. And that's exactly what Jimmy did early on his career. And then just continued to have that trajectory upwards.
0: Yeah, he he was incredible uh, from what he grew from to what he uh, grew to man. And and there it is right there, what what he became. And as you can see, you can tell by the hair alone that he Mm -hmm. became an actual star in the NBA. But um, beyond the points and the rebounds and the assists, because we know he started slow. Right, uh, yeah. That, like that car-
2: that Bulls career points per game, were you look at it like, that's it? Yeah. And then you realize he wasn't <laughs> allowed to shoot
0: for like the first three seasons of his Bulls career. Correct. So it makes it more impressive to me that it was 15, because like you said, he wasn't allowed to do anything but just get out there and run right. and play defense and do it all game long. Because Tim said, oh, you want to play? Oh, okay, well, you got to play. But to do that and look at look at what was accomplished. This is just his time with the Bulls where he was accomplished, the three-time All-Star, uh, third-team All-NBA, the three-time All-Defensive second-team, most improved player, and that gold medal in 2016 in real, man. I mean, to do all that, with, and that's accomplishing that within those three years because that's when he became that kind of star. Mm-hmm. So to do all of that, plus get that gold medal in that time, because some guys, it takes a while mm-hmm. for the NBA to say, hey, come on over and get this gold medal. You know, Zach Veen took Zach, a minute, yeah. You know what I mean, to get that call. So shout out to Jimmy Butler, man. He, he really made the most of his situation and just got better and better and better. He did. Um, it's crazy.
2: To, like, Would you consider him at 30 to be the best pick that the former regime of John Pax and Gar Foreman ever made?
0: That's an excellent question.
2: Or would you say, like, people, some people consider Derrick Rose at one right. like a no brainer, right. but we do know from what was being reported all the way back when that they were having serious considerations right. and
0: doubts about whether it was going to be him or Beasley. Or Beasley. Yeah, no, there were some real doubts and considerations. Uh, that was, I had my first thought was to take Beasley. Uh, until my brother said, "That's insane. no, that's, that's crazy. Insane. I said my first thought, <laughs> I get, you're allowed to have first thoughts, man. And then not go forward with them. I didn't go <laughs> forward with them. And when I had the first thought, it was when I found out the bulls got the number one pick. I said, Oh man, we going to get busy. My brother said, no, Derek Rose.
1: That was the end of that. Okay. It was Derrick well, this, Rose is, this is That's a good point because, and we're going to talk about it when we get to Mark Williams here, but like the reason you thought that, cause I thought it too was they already have a backcourt. They have Kirk Heinrich and Ben Gordon. They don't need another point guard. So they ended up taking the best player available, and I think we're going to talk about this throughout the next month, but that sure. has got to be the mentality moving forward. And then, you know, taking it back to Jimmy, I think he definitely – it's a really tough question because you also have guys like Joakim at nine or, I don't know, Luol Dang, Ben Gordon, some of these players that, like, were not quite as home-run obvious picks as Derek – but I don't think any of them reached the heights that Jimmy did throughout his career, even Derek, to a certain extent, because of obviously the injuries. So Jimmy, I think became like probably the Bulls best draft pick in terms of quality of player since I don't know when, maybe <laughs> no, it's a it's other a great than po- like past, past 2000.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a great question because, because of the things he just said and just thinking it from a basketball perspective to get a guy that, with that kind of return right. at 30. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's rare in the NBA and that's why people praise San Antonio for getting Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying and things like that and he was nowhere near the 30th pick. So for him to do it at 30, I'm not mad if people say it. I don't agree because Derrick Rose walked away with the an MVP and it's hard for me to go against that and then you got hello Michael Jordan. Yeah. But it's uh, of the Gar Packs era though. It's hard. It's, it's, I think you can say that. Honestly. Yeah. I think you can make that argument. I mean, getting that
2: value at 30, it, you could absolutely make the argument that mm-hmm. it's the best pick they ever made. Um, and then, you know, they decided not to give him the, the super-duper, <laughs> yes. really,
0: really big mm-hmm. contract. And Will's been mad ever since. He's, <laughs> he's been broken up about it. I shouldn't
1: say mad, but broken up about it. I'm, I'm mad. You can oh. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, I do, I do want to read but something, said, though. Go ahead, Will. I, I was just going to say, I've said it before on this show, I think that like having a star player is like the most important thing you can do as an NBA team right like you need a star player if you're going to even think about trying to be good but you also need a good supporting cast we saw that this year with the Bulls we saw it in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Heat like they just didn't have enough to support Jimmy and I really don't believe in a million years the previous front office could have put a team around Jimmy that was good enough to actually contend so i think the the thought process was was flawed. And I kind of wrote about this today. So if you're interested in like learning about the the process versus the results, go check that out. But like the idea that Jimmy can't be this good is obviously wrong because he is that good and he can be, but he also needs the help. And the Bulls front office didn't know how, or wasn't going to be able to put help around him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They weren't, I mean, and to say that, and you're like, well, look, they did it in Miami. I'm like, well, that's Pat Riley. <laughs> you
1: yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's Pat Riley. And They're it's like Spokesman. the greatest player development right. team, like, ever. They're Gabe Vincent.
2: <laughs> yeah, truly. And th- and that's something you have to hope that this new Bulls regime does better mm-hmm. than the previous one is develop yeah. young talent, especially in-house drafted young talent. Yeah. I saw people in the comments earlier talking about uh, some of the young players that haven't worked out recently Mm -hmm. you know obviously Lowry Wendell all these number seven picks we'll see with Kobe your your fave Gafford has moved on as well so you know can they keep these guys around and develop them like Jimmy Butler Mm -hmm. you know stuck around for at least for a while longer and develop although a lot of that credit I think is just Jimmy and his insane work ethic
0: oh tons yeah he gets a lot of that that credit right there and I was looking at, um, guys, I was looking at Jimmy Butler's uh, assessment coming out of college mm-hmm. and what guys were thinking of him and where it was. Um, so I'll ask you all first, though. Out of 100, what do you think his overall number was? Just out of 100. Uh, Matt, I'll ask you first. What Meaning what? Taking oh. in uh, athleticism, size, defense, strength, quickness, you know, jump shot. Grade four. out of 100? Uh, number, number-wise. Oh, out of 100. Like ranking? Ranking, correct. Number-wise. Overall.
1: I don't know, so, somewhere in the 50s or 60s. Will? I was going to say low 70s, but I have no idea.
0: 88. Woo! 88. Overall, out of 100. Um, his highest was was athleticism at 8, defense at 8, strength at 8, quickness at 8, uh, and NBA ready was at 8. His lowest, which is hilarious, was potential. <laughs> That's at 6. That was his lowest grade was was potential was at 6. Um uh, I thought they were dead on with a lot of what they said, Uh, the strengths. He was uh, well-wounded with great qualities. Uh, To be a future role player, that's incorrect. Uh, Solid athlete with nice overall quickness, great length, extremely active on both ends of the court, impressive player in transition, uses good strength and body control to finish around the rim, Uh, doesn't need to dominate the basketball to be effective offensively. That is a fact. Uh, Shows good instincts in cutting to the rim. Catches the defense off guard with a lot of backdoor stuff. Uh, confident spot-up shooter that, de- that developed a shot, a pull-up shot, in his senior year, which is great. If you look at his senior year numbers, is, is when Jimmy uh, grew. Uh, the biggest thing they say about him, smart kid with a good head on his shoulders and a strong work ethic. All of this is factual for uh, Jimmy's strengths. True. Um, for his weaknesses, he was a good all-around player but lacks one great skill. Fits in the jack-of-all-trades master-of-none mold. Not a standout athlete. Hasn't proven he consistently create offense for himself. That's incorrect. Um, Not an isolation player. Feeds off of the plays of his teammates. Feeds off the play of his teammates. Now also incorrect. (laughs) Could open up his game by adding range to his jump shot. Hasn't shown he can be a consistent threat from behind the arc. That part's still true. Now here's. Here's the great part, Will. Here, here's something that I found interesting. His comparison, who they were comparing him to at that point Wesley Matthews. Yeah. You guys remember young Wesley Matthews at that <laughs> point in time? That, that was Jimmy that's Butler's like comparison.
1: A, that's like a lazy, oh, they just both went to Marquette. <laughs> Didn't Wes go to Marquette?
0: He did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. But they, they thought he was like Wesley. Oh, they thought he'd be a nice player in the right situation. Uh, unlike many rookies in his draft, they saw him getting NBA playing time without hurting his team. Why? Because he can play defense. That coupled with his positive attitude, his personality, should get a few looks in the early second round. If he continues to improve his outside shooting, he might be one of this class's sleepers. That is very, very true. A lot so of this is very factual. I thought a lot of this was pretty it's also
2: weird how someone can say that, OK, uh, insane work ethic, but then also say limited potential to improve. Like, <laughs> right.
0: what, how do those things match up? That doesn't work out that way. No, not at all. People who work hard usually realize their potential. Yeah. It's usually how that works. Hello, Will Gottlieb. Hello, Matt Beck. Hello, Big <laughs> I, Dave. I love this. Hello, Joey. <laughs> I
2: love this comment about the Bulls nailing Jimmy at 30 by Drewish in the comments saying, Damn. after the Bulls drafted Jimmy, I foolishly thought Garpacks could do no wrong drafting late. Then they followed that with Marquise Teague <laughs> and Tony <laughs> Snell. <laughs>
0: Tony's still in the league, baby. still, still in the league. Putting
2: up those super impressive stat lines oh my of binary God. codes.
0: Nobody makes me smile more than watching Tony Stale still have a job in the NBA, man. I'm so proud of
2: it him. It is bonkers.
0: It is, man. But, but, yeah, what Jimmy became in Chicago, not only just on the court, but what he became off the court, and Will can speak to this too, like what he became off the court into the fans, you know, because like I say all the time, That hard effort and that work ethic is how you kind of get yourselves in Bulls fans' hearts. Right. They love that kind of stuff, man. And he was a guy not only just was the hard worker, but became a hard worker that became an NBA star. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, usually that hard work just gets you to a certain point, and that's it. Not for Jimmy. That hard work got him to a certain point and took him beyond that point, man, to put him on an actual level where you see him hanging out with Mark Wahlberg, where you see him in actual commercials, uh singing Hootie and the Blowfish records for, as Matt calls it, an absolutely terrible beer. Terrible. But Awful. Jimmy Butler and what he became, man, it's, you can't. A tool? <laughs> you Sorry. can't be nothing but proud of him. I'm very proud of what Jimmy became, man, because I don't think a lot of people, I'm going to just speak for myself, I did not see that coming from Jimmy Butler. He he knocked down every single barrier I had up for him from the beginning, man, and he just continues to do so. So shout out to him.
1: And that that's the thing about that scouting report that I think they clearly got wrong, was like, he's a jack of all trades, master of one. He, he was kind of like, or master of none rather. He's, I mean, he's like a, his most elite NBA skill is like in the 100th percentile, which is work ethic. And so he turned himself into that. And then not only just like worked himself into being good at player, he worked himself into being like a star caliber player at playmaking, at getting to the foul line, at mid-range jumper, at decision making, at guarding the best player for 48 minutes in an Eastern Conference Finals Game 7. Like he is a star at so many different things. And I think that stems from the work ethic, but it's also like... A lot of guys work hard and not everybody turns into a superstar caliber player so you know he's he's a very talented guy too it's not just that he tried really hard to get there yeah and that was just one of
2: my favorite sound bites from the eastern conference finals where I think it was maybe after Game Six when he played 46 minutes, mm. and they were asking Sabo about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I think Jimmy kind of crept up into those Tibbs level of minutes tonight." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, the, but of course, many people would point out that the difference there is, okay, this is uh, elimination, winner go home, your season's done, versus like Game 44. Tibbs, Tibbs was playing them <laughs> Jimmy and those guys 45, 9th, 46 February. minutes. Right.
1: <laughs> Against Orlando the Timberwolves
0: matching.
2: in
1: January. Back to back.
0: Every game's important. <laughs>
2: we have enough. We've got enough. We've got enough. Um, all right. So before we move on and talk about the current draft that's about to happen uh, in three weeks, have to give shout out to the other members of the picked at 30 by the Bulls yes. club. Yes. And I I would be surprised if any of y'all know any of these names. Uh, And thank you, Joey, for throwing that together. We've got Ed Botkin in 66, so the Bulls inaugural season. Mm -hmm. Wendell Hudson in 73. Steve Green in 75. Steve Shepard in 77. Two Steves. Wallace Bryant in 82. Now, I went Mm -hmm. back and looked. These dudes all have basketball reference pages, Mm -hmm. but I believe the first three or maybe the first four Played a grand total, collectively, of zero games for the Bulls. They were just picks who got picked <laughs> and then got waived.
0: So, so since, as you know, man, I have a you know pretty big family and and you know they're all sports insane, right? Uh, I immediately hit my brother up and my oldest brother and you, and you and asked, asked him, him if he remembered yes, those guys. Asked him if he remember. Of course he did. <laughs> uh, he gave me some things on them uh, about them. One, uh, Wallace Bryant is from your favorite city, city uh, Gary, Indiana. Oh, shout out! Um, shout out your mom. <laughs> they drafted him this the same year of his college teammate, who was Quentin Daly. I don't know if you guys remember Quentin Daly, but he was a former Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Artis Gilmore had just been traded to the Spurs when they made that pick for Bryant, who was seven feet tall, but just didn't uh, pan out. Uh, said he was an eraser in college with block shots uh, kind of all all over the place. And also said Steve Shepard went to Maryland. Was a New York guard out of the Bronx. So he was really, really nice. Uh, played really well. Went to the same high school as uh, Tiny Archibald. Oh, no kidding. Boston Celtic, uh, also MVP. Uh, and Ricky Sobers, who was also a, a former Chicago Bull. He said they were on the same team, but never played uh, much for the Chicago Bulls, as uh, Matt Peck pointed out correctly.
1: Joey, just, can I see that graphic one more time? <laughs> yes. Just a speak great, up, Will. Just a great <laughs> collection up, of names. Speak your mind, Will. Look at that. I just want to, like, how are the Bulls not drafting 30th overall every single year in the 90s? I know, like, the, there weren't as many teams. Maybe it was, like, a 27th pick in the first round or whatever. But, like, they were so good. In the 90s,
2: right. You, you know, he, meaning, like, the Bulls ha- would have the best regular season record. Oh, right. Therefore, they would have the 30th pick. I got you. I understand. That's
0: actually a good question. Because Jerry, Jerry, well, one, there weren't 30 teams. He's correct. But too Jerry Krause was a pretty damn good GM. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So, so he would move that over. A, a
2: lot of those picks at 30 were actually in the
0: second round. Correct. They were second round picks. Correct. Correct. That's why none of them really panned out for the Bulls. So those 30 teams didn't hit to what 96, 95, 96 or something around that time. Yeah,
2: cuz so then you had Minnesota joining Miami joining uh, Miami, then Charlotte. then you had Charlotte, then you had Toronto and Vancouver. Um
3: Yeah, Yeah.
2: it's crazy to think that, like, I just kind of always, like, oh, yeah, there were 30 NBA teams when we were growing up. (laughs)
1: Nope. Wilson wasn't always on the ball. (laughs) I think there's uh, about to be a few more, it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. Vegas and
0: Seattle, feels like. Yeah. It feels like Vegas and Seattle on the way. So, uh,
2: I I think uh, consensus was that Jimmy was the best of the lot at 30. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say. So, you know, this was fun. It's fun to do. This is our first one, because obviously Bulls fans... Jimmy's Jimmy is right. Jimmy, right? There are going to be some interesting ones that I think might be, you know, hotly debated as far oh, as who the bec- best yes. pick was at that numbered pick. Yes. Because there are some that aren't easy yeah. as we were kind of looking around these last week.
0: Yeah, and I saw in the comments some guys really like that we're doing this saying they love this side. They want to – we're going to be doing this, man. And like Matt said, uh, they are going to be it's two-a-days. Be nine more times. Yeah. There yeah. going to be some two-a-days. Uh, shout out to Will for that also. they are going to be some two-a-days out here uh for these draft picks man and it's, it's gonna be fun to get into man because i can't wait to get into you know, right so the
2: plan idea. is for us to get all the way down to number one no debate uh and the, well you know derrick rose held brand we'll debate that one we de- <laughs> but that like that do that either the day before or the day of the draft yeah which we've got 18 shows between today's show and the draft happening yes and the bulls are picking at 18th, 18th Coincidence. Man.
0: oh nice coincidence oh i like that well done it's pretty good.
2: <sighs> Shout out, Jimmy. Shout out, Jimmy. Shout
0: out, Jimmy, man.
2: Sorry you couldn't quite get it done.
0: Mm. Okay, real, re- real quick, real quick before we
2: move on. Fault him for taking that three or no? I don't.
1: Not at all.
0: Zero <sighs> okay. I, I don't hate that he took the shot. I don't. I don't hate it. He's the man on the team. He, it was his moment. That was a moment shot. I get that. That was going to be a moment for him, if he hits that shot, I get all the logic behind it. I'm tired as hell. I don't want to go to overtime. Let's end this now. Right. I get all of it. I swear. But damn it, I wanted him to go to the bucket. I was like, because when I saw him bringing the ball up, Dude, I was like, Owens backing up, space. go to the bucket.
2: Horford was backpedaling because
0: they they had shown over the past few games, yeah, they were not able to stop him from getting to the bucket and doing what the hell he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I wanted him to go to the bucket. I'm like, you go in, you tie it up. You go to overtime, you're still alive, man. Like for me, it's about surviving. It's about, But I get it. I get why he did it. He wanted to be the man. He wanted to have his moment. Damn it. He wanted the commercials. Movies were on the way. I get it. I totally get it. It wasn't a terrible shot. It's just. I wouldn't have done it. I, I would have went and tried to get to the bucket because he might have gotten the AM one. Who knows, man? Anything could have went on him getting to the bucket. I just thought it was more opportunity uh, for him to get go to the bucket. I really did.
1: Yeah. That's, good. That's a good take. I like it. But, I, yeah, I think similar to uh, the Michael Beasley-Derek Rose debate in your mind, Dave, my first reaction was, why would you do that? And then I didn't go forward with it. I decided that I am on board with that shot best player got to make a decision when you're walking into a three, like that's, that's a good shot for anybody. I know he's not like a three point sniper, but he was making his threes. And I mean, he played 48 minutes. Like it's still a really tough shot going into a seven footer. He's got, he's got to make that. And then they got to go down and get a stop. And if you hit the three, you're up and you, I mean, you still probably got to get a stop, but you put the pressure back on them. It's a tough call. And like either way, people are going to dissect it and tell him he was wrong. But I think, that was the right shot. You
2: know, you could argue it either way. Like, yeah, he he, he had played 48 minutes, so he wasn't going to have the legs to make that three. Yeah, it reminds or, me a
3: little bit of the Kevin Durant thing last year against the Bucks, where yeah, he,
2: yeah, uh, or oh, you've played 48 minutes and don't want to play five more. Yeah, so take that shot for the I, lead and I the swear win. I get it. I Not swear. the tie.
0: I promise you, I get it, Jimmy. Trying to be the dude and trying to carry that. I get it, mm. man. And from the games he that you had just kill? had. I, I get it, Will. Your man was trying to be the guy, and I get that. I, felt, I get that.
2: I felt like that, you know, that Seinfeld gif of him just chewing some popcorn and looking at him. That's, a that's, shame. A shame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. That's a shame.
2: That's a shame. Oh, Petty Peck felt that one for oh, real. Yeah. Plus it made me money. Speaking of which, <laughs> today's episode brought to you by Points Bet. And then we'll get to Mark Williams. Points bet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up. Because you're going to get those two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not all. Mm-mm. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit when signed up for that points bet account, you're going to receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our amazing exclusive web content, including that AK and Eversley history piece uh, that mm-hmm. Will put up this morning. All you right. got to read that, yes, it's do. great. Plus a free shirt from the CHGO locker and access to our members-only Discord channels. One for each team over there on our CHGO Discord. And being Tuesday, that means it's time for our Points Bet Pick of the Week. Mm. And I'm going to game one of the NBA Finals, which uh, isn't until Thursday, which feels like torture. Like, I want it today. I want it tomorrow. Fine. We'll wait until Thursday. Celtics... The underdogs coming into the NBA Finals, and they are underdogs in Game 1. Right now on Points Bet, it's showing Warriors minus 3.5 okay. for minus 110. I'm going to take that and bring it from minus 3.5 to minus 4.5 to get plus money, plus 100, for the Warriors to cover a 4.5 spread in Game 1. A lot of people might think, yeah, Celtics might surprise people, steal Game 1. Warriors might be a little rusty. They've been... Resting after you know, ousting the maps in five.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm looking at this, and one simple reason I'm taking the Warriors in game one collectively, this Warriors roster have played like somewhere around 130 NBA Finals games, Damn. not playoff games, NBA Finals games. <laughs> 130 of them. We'll see them all. This Boston Celtics squad, collective NBA Finals games played goose egg. Mm. I'm going with the vets. I'm going with the experience. I'm rolling with the Warriors at home in game one. That's what points bet pick of the week. But be sure to throw in a live NBA same game parlay while you're doing that. Or make that part of your live NBA same game parlay, mm-hmm. which you can do only at points bet. Online sign up in uh, Illinois is available. So why not? What okay. are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Will the Thrill tell them what they do. Live your bet life. Oh, Bazinga. Live it. Bazinga. Smack it in the face. All right, you guys ready to talk about draft
0: prospects? Woo! More than anything <laughs> on <laughs> Earth.
1: I think that sound meant, yes, the yes. team's ready. I'm so Will, ready. Will, are you ready? It's draft season. I love it. Favorite time of year.
0: It feels like this is Will's time, don't it? Like, this is just his time to shine. I can't wait I've to watch I've never, actually
1: never really gotten into, like, scouting for the draft. Uh, just cause like I've had a real job and now I get to do this for fun for real. So I'm very excited to get into it.
2: Yeah, it was, it was fun to, to start this process. Cause I, yeah, now I'm just going to be geeking out about the draft yeah. for the next three weeks. Uh, so. We decided to start with one of the names that's been floating around Bulls Twitter a lot uh, as Bulls fans have started to talk about this 2022 draft class. Mm-hmm. And it is a player at a, you could say, position of need for the Bulls. And it is a player from a blue chip program. It is Mark Williams, the sophomore from the Duke <laughs> Blue Devils. Now, I, I was going to say, <laughs> we're, we're, we're a bunch of Duke haters here. I don't know. Maybe uh, some of you out there in Bulls Nation are also a, a Duke fan. I am you know. not. Hate Duke, have always hated Duke. Coach K, you know, like the Bill Belichick of college basketball. But they churn out some damn good NBA prospects. A
0: little bit. (laughs) A little
2: bit. They do some things. Do some things, man. So, okay, let's first state this. Most of the mock drafts that I have looked at, um, and Will, you have all of them lined up in a beautiful spreadsheet for us. Basically, everyone who's making mock drafts right now, we've looked at it. He's kind of going anywhere from late lottery, mid-teens, that kind of area. So him dropping to 18 where the Bulls are would be a gift. Yeah. So my guess is he won't be there at 18, but there is some chance that he is. And because Bulls fans seem to be really excited about this guy, we figured we'd start with him.
0: Why not? Why not?
2: Uh, First thoughts about – this young man, Mark Williams, by the way, 20 years of age, won't turn 21 until December of his rookie NBA season. There you see his measurables. Uh, obviously, the standing reach jumps out, as yes. does the wingspan. Oh my God. Um, and there you see the stats from his sophomore year at Duke. What's his leg span? Uh, <laughs> what's his
3: thigh span? <laughs> yes. Thigh circumference. Um,
2: there you see the field goal percentage staggering. 72% wow. stupid. That is because I mean, he dunks the dude everything. dunks a everything. lot. Yeah, it's either a put back, a tap in, a layup, or a dunk. Mm. That is the extent of his field goal attempts. Thus, the 72% real.
1: He is okay. Let's let's uh zoom out, I think, and talk about like why I think people are really interested in Mark Williams and the the measurable measurables are kind of the first thing that stand out like he can literally he's three inches away from touching the rim if he just stands and puts his arm up like that's insane and he's seven foot two he measured really well at the combine seven six and a half wingspan um basically putting up like the same dimensions as rudy gobert and rudy gobert has been hot on the bulls wish list for a lot of fans um people very disappointed with Vooch's season so bringing in sort of a rim protector big would make sense. And um, obviously he really showed out at the uh, in the tournament this year in March. And so his stock is rising up, Matt, to your point. I think for the most part, he's going to be kind of in the 11 at the very high end range to 15 or so at the low end range. So probably a little bit out of the bulls range. But just for you guys, I'm curious like what you think about this kind of player, sort of a rim running lob catcher, big who can protect the rim. What do you think, like, from a talent standpoint, if he reaches 18, I think he's pretty much going to be the best player available. So that checks that box. But in terms of what you guys think um, in need of a center, in need of this kind of player, where are you at with Mark Williams? Dave? Oh, thank you, Will.
0: i wait waiting for you to pass
1: me the ball on this one, man. I, I love this dude, all right? <laughs> I
0: love this guy, all right? I Y'all know I love. Daniel
2: Gafford 2.0. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, and yes some more. That's all I was thinking watching this. One, he's 7'2". I'm in love with that right there. Two, he realizes he's 7'2". Because like you said, that 9'8", 9'9", 9'9", span that he has standing up is stupid, but he knows how to use all of it. Yeah. Three, but what makes him like a a Gafford 4.0? One is his athleticism. You know what I'm saying? It's insane. Like, it's crazy. It's not the fact that he's a shot blocker. It's the fact he's an intelligent shot blocker. Mm-hmm. He blocks the ball with either the right or the left. It doesn't matter. Either one, he was throwing that joint into the stands, man. That's that's rare to see that, honestly. It's honestly rare. Usually a guy is just dominating with that one hand. It's either right or left. He's swatting that joint. To be doing it with either hand, yeah, you, you, you can be on my team. Two, I love his footwork. His footwork is awesome, all right? When they were running those pick and rolls, he never really got lost on those pick and rolls his feet were never out of position he was always in the right position to guard the ball handler whether it was the little guard trying to you know take the shot or whether they were passing to the big man inside he was going to be a problem he he wasn't going to get pushed around being what 245 243 he wasn't getting pushed around in the paint either when they were trying to go inside with him I love that aspect about him Uh, also i i I kind of look at him like a new age shot blocker, which means that he can, he can guard the three-point shooter. That's what I mean by that. Of course, you know, he was a shot block, so, you know, you pump fake, he's jumping because he's a center. That's right, going to yeah. happen. We get that. That's going to be occurring. 14 of his blocks that he had this year were on three-point shooters. 14. Yeah, <laughs> That's impressive, man. That is freaking impressive because this, in the NBA, guess what they're going to be doing shooting those threes. He's not scared to get out there on a switch. He's, I'm not saying it's gonna work all the time, you know what I'm saying? Trey Young and those guys are—they're gonna cook him. I get that, but he can learn, you know what I'm saying, and be a better at staying in front of those uh, young guys like that and those little guys that way. Um, I just—I love the fact he dunked everything. Uh, Lonzo Ball is would have a field day. Oh, yeah. with this kid. Oh man, yeah, if he was out there. I mean, it would just be highlight reel after highlight reel after a highlight reel if he was out there doing that every single game. I like the fact, and this last thing I'm gonna say, Matt. But I like the fact that his flaws and his weaknesses are normal. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. I mean by that is when you're seven foot tall and you block shots and you dunk everything, well, your weaknesses are pretty obvious, right? Right. You're not going to be a great shooter. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be a guy who's not a great ball handler, and you're going to foul a lot. That's exactly what his weaknesses are. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like an NBA big man to me. I don't think he's starting coming in, but coming off that bench, he would be a force.
2: Um. So I, I, I want to touch further on what you were talking about on on his defensive end. Um. When you, when you talk about like weaknesses and them being normal weaknesses for a college prospect coming in to a draft class. Um. I, I do agree that he is capable of using a combination of his insane length. And his reaction times, which I think are pretty darn good, pretty good, to get his closeouts and to to contest threes, whether they're, uh, you know, in the corners or on the top of the key. His closeouts are good, and you are right. He sometimes bites on those pump fakes, and that's a problem. That's a problem that he can improve upon as he matures. The footwork is Okay. Uh, I think the thing that he gets in trouble with the most from the the tape of Williams that I've watched is he gets backdoor cut a lot when he's trying to, like, that's the one part of a pick and roll where he sometimes slips up. Uh, Interior defense, stellar. Um, His timing is really, really solid. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, You know, there's still some work to do on the footwork, but the timing and his reactions makes up for any time he gets lost for half a second. Like, he can recover very quickly because of his length and his timing and his reactions. Um, and I love that about him. Uh, I, I see Hayes in the comments uh, saying, d- developing a mid-range game, Be you know, you mentioned, there's not there's not a lot yeah. there. Uh, Hayes said he's shown flash of it already. That's true, though. I, I've, I've seen none. Like, so if, if there's one big knock for me, it's not the problems... Uh, you would expect, or weaknesses you would expect on the defensive end, mm. he doesn't even have like a 8- to 12-foot baby hook. Like, he's got nothing yeah. other than <laughs> short, like, short roll. Like, he <laughs> throw him up a lob and, like, he's also, like, his catching radius around the rim is like freaking Megatron in the end zone. Yeah, like, the dude can adapt to a perfect lob and slam it home for very fun impressive to watch alley but he can adapt to bad lobs and not accurate lobs yeah. and finish a lot of it yeah. and that's great he's got no other game mm. if you take him more than four feet away from the rim he's got no offensive game that i've
0: seen right. will would you i want to respond there but okay. I, I want will to go though go ahead will
1: yeah i mean i think i'm kind of more with you matt in terms of just like what his offensive role is going to be so for me, just watching some of the film that I have, and and you know, looking at a bunch of scouting reports and interviews with him, uh, he's going to be like a lob catching roll man, pick and roll. He's really good at like making himself available to the ball handler. Um, obviously, huge, like you said, Matt. But like he is dunking literally everything. You you throw it up, and he's going to get it. Um, I don't know, like his free throw percentage is low to mid seventies. I think that kind of bodes well for. ability to develop a jump shot but um yeah part of me is like yeah he's very limited like if he's not setting a role and diving to the basket like what is he even doing like you can put him in the dunker spot and he can just like catch dunks there but like damar is not really a pick and roll throw up lobs kind of point guard um neither is zach and so i'm just curious like what his immediate impact would be playing at a high level now maybe it takes some time for him to develop that but I'm also kind of like, does it even matter? Like, he's just going to dunk everything. Like, you just throw it there, and that's kind of all he needs to do. So um, he's not going to give you anything in the post. I'm going to be pulling my hair out when the commentators are asking him to post up because he's bigger. He he can't do that. Um, I don't see that yet. Uh, He's also not going to give you very much in terms of, like, facilitating from the elbow or playmaking out of the short role, which is something that I think Vooch did really well last year in terms of like getting those dump off passes after DeMar gets double teamed and then making the next pass or like being that connecting passer. I don't think he gives you anything there. You can develop it, but he's just not there yet. And then um, on the defensive end, you know, I'm a little bit more skeptical of his feet and ability to like guard out in the perimeter. Like, unless you're bam out you're kind of getting played off the floor in the play in the playoffs like robert williams hasn't really played uh kevon looney was playing but only because he was like somehow guarding luca and so you really need to be able to do that and maybe it just doesn't matter again his length is so insane that it makes up for a lot of his mobility issues um but he i mean i i don't see him being able to contain on switches at all um, he's going to be a drop pick and roll big, which is fine again, super long. He's going to deter shots if he doesn't block them. Um, but I think it kind of limits you in what you can do because he fits a very specific build and it's one that I don't think the bulls are really equipped to play. So that's, that's my big question about him. Um, but at the same time, like I said, he's really freaking long. He has a built in NBA skill where he's going to be good. And like, maybe he develops some more. He's 20 years old. Um, but he, there are questions about, about his fit for sure. Um, and I think even bigger than that are just like how he fits into the league and like how it's changing um, and evolving year to year. Yeah,
0: I, I would say to that point, Will, uh, when you talked about the point guards and, and as far as DeMar, you're right. Like DeMar is not going to hit him with those lobs. Like DeMar more so is better when guys are spotted up. You know what I'm saying? So they can be open for the right shot. There. That's true. Um, but I more so was thinking about Lonzo and Ayo. Because those are the two guys who love those big men who would just go get it, period. And can run pick and rolls with them all day long, especially Io, And I'm more I'm so thinking about him coming off the bench. Yeah. And Io mm-hmm. and him coming off the bench would just be lethal because Io loves that. We know that with Kofi Cockburn, you know, what that showed and everything like that. So he, he'll find him. And I think it'll be absolutely amazing uh, watching that off the bench. As far as the shooting is concerned, I, I agree with you as far as his post. Like, no, there's nothing there. I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see a move. He's, it feels like he's still, like, still in progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's got like, like
2: one step-through move if yeah. the defender recovers by the time he's gathering under the basket, Yeah. but that's it.
0: I agree with that. The jump shot, though, is what I agree with Hayes on. Is where he's, I thought he did show flashes to me that it doesn't look like he's lost when he takes a jump shot. Like, what the hell are you doing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, he took that shot, and, I mean, he was hitting. The ones he was hitting, I was like, okay. That, that looks like how you're supposed to shoot the basketball. Like I don't have to teach you yeah. certain mechanics of how it's supposed to be. It just has to be, you have to do it 10,000 times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And put that work in for you to be formidable on it. And I like the fact that he's confident in his shot. It doesn't look scared. I saw him shooting threes, because it was the right shot to take because he was trying to keep the floor balanced. Yeah. And I didn't mind that because it was the right shot to take and he didn't throw it into the crowd. You know what I mean? Like He missed it, okay, but it didn't look terrible. That's what I think when I see flashes of something like, okay, he can hit two of those. Man, we good. I'm not, I'm not looking at him. If he, can, if he had a jump shot, we'd be t- we wouldn't even be talking about him. You know what I mean? He would, he would be, you know, top five pick. You know what I mean? If, we, if he had a jump shot. You know what I mean? Wouldn't he be having that discussion? But I think it's something that he can definitely develop. And I like his IQ more so than anything. And I like his motor. You know what I mean? He, he just He's a smart dude. He runs the floor in transition yeah, man. really
2: well for like, a dude his size. Like
0: he makes that block, he's gone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Which is why I also love Gafford the same way. But he makes that block, and he's down the floor, man. And his passing, he also needs work on that too. Uh, guards and forwards well, just taking the ball from him. Yeah. When he was out there trying to make what,
1: plays. What separates him from Gafford to me is, is his IQ and the fact that he's not trying to put every single ball that goes up into the third row. Like, he's fine – just like making it hard for the dude to shoot. I mean, he still came up with like over a hundred blocks this year in college, which is nuts. But uh, yeah, he, he seems like he's, he's built it into his game that he just wants to make it hard on people. He's not like chasing blocks and he fouls a lot. I think that's going to be a problem early in his career. It is for a ton of bigs, uh, but I think he can sort of evolve out of that. And I think also, like I said, kind of as we started talking about this, like we're talking about this as if he's going to be there at 18. I think he would clearly be the best player available. And if you're drafting at 18 and you're getting a guy who can have an immediate impact at one skill, who like you know what you're going to get from him in terms of being able to like catch lobs and defend the rim, also with some upside to potentially develop in other areas of his game, I think that'd be a home run. So I, like, I do have questions about him. I don't think he's going to come in and start if the Bulls draft him, I don't want to hear him and Vooch playing together. I just don't want to hear him like talking about posting up, get it off of my TV screen. But I think he's got some more upside. Well, Tristan's <laughs> going to be gone. We do That's how so we agree. have to find new
3: twin towers, Well,
1: <laughs> No, please no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he, at that spot, I think he'd be great. He definitely, like the Bulls don't have a backup five. He would be great in that role um, and he'd be great to give the bulls like another look as far as they don't really have that dive man lob catcher right now it's been basically vooch or Dirk jones jr or tristan so he definitely is an upgrade there um but yeah he also i think he also has limitations
2: such, such utter disrespect for our guy tony bradley will i mean oh. dude signed a two-year deal Two year deal man There's another one hanging he's there
1: coming back
0: yeah he's gonna look good in those warm-ups Oh, uh, yeah. uh yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, ooh, McFly guy saying, I think he's a better Hassan Whiteside. There's an interesting comp. Yeah. Um, Eco Bean saying, Mark Williams has weak hands. Okay. So, this is the thing that I think was interesting when I was watching, uh, film on, on Mark Williams is that sometimes when he would receive his, you know, his entry passes on short rolls, on lobs, um, and it, what wouldn't be a great pass? He would somehow corral it, yeah. And, and sometimes corralling it involved uh, like a double jump, so he would go up to catch it, and then decide in that mo- in that instant he couldn't put it in the basket, come back down, and then second jump, and his yeah. second jump's pretty impressive. Yes, gather and put it up, mm. and then like sometimes when it was a much easier, cleaner look. He would like biff the finish, yeah. like he he made very difficult finishes as a short roller and a rim runner look easy, and then he made the easy ones look hard. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's weird to me, but I, to me that's that's more encouraging than someone who, you know, it gets all easy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. I yeah. Agree. To
1: me, that's that's like a you know working on a footwork to accomplish a specific thing. Like as you're growing up and you're you know six ten seven foot seven two, like you're running and dunking. And so you learn how to get to your jumps by like doing the same footwork motion each time. So it would make sense that like if he doesn't get it the first time, then his footwork is out of whack or he doesn't feel comfortable like getting into that second jump from whatever like one, two or jump stop that he's coming up from. So I could see that being a problem. The other uh, question that I just saw in the comments is about Clint Capella and being sort of a version of that. Like I think that is uh, kind of an obvious comp in terms of, lob catching, rim protecting, but he's like four inches taller than Capella. He's like much, much bigger. Um, So he, he's definitely got upside there as, you know, to to be that caliber of player. Now, again, how valuable is that caliber of player when you get into the playoffs at this point in sort of the evolution of the NBA, I'm not super sure.
0: And I think that those are my two favorite things about him watching it was his footwork and his IQ. Those are the two things that just leapt up to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was just – because, like I said, usually when you see a guy who's blocking those kind of shots and being a shot blocker, you don't see him that nimble mm-hmm. on his feet. You know what I mean? You just don't. You don't. You see them out of position a lot. You know what I'm saying? And uh, getting cooked on pick and rolls a lot, you know, because they're always trying to block a shot. And, you know, that turns into easy layups for guys, you know, just on a simple pump fake or something like that. Right. But the, the fact he knew how to stay down and knew how to guard guys in the mid-range you know what I mean? And knew how to block with either hand. And it, it just was impressive to me. And I was just like, and I think Will's right. Like if he's there at 18, oh, my God, you know what I'm saying? Like I would just be blown away if he's there at 18, because for me, he's meant to be in the NBA. Like yeah. his game is NBA ready for me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely You're close. talking about
1: like the 1998 NBA draft. He's top. Oh, he's pick.
0: top two pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1980. Like he's out of here, bro. Uh, and I think are- so.
1: So one more thing is, I, I saw another question about Jalen Duran, Duran, Duran. Not sure. um Either way, Duran. I think Duran. Um, that's an interesting one to me because Duran, I think, has a lot more modern NBA skills in terms of like being able to make passes out of short roll. I think he's um, able to defend on on the perimeter a little bit better. Insanely explosive athlete. But i think his stock is kind of sliding and mark williams is rising and so they're going to end up being taken like within two or three picks of each other so i'm interested to see how their career arcs happen and how they'll be inevitably compared but uh i think a guy like durin to me makes more sense in the modern nba with his ability to like move his feet at a much higher level still giving you that incredible shot blocking ability but also adding the element of passing
3: I think that would be a massive mistake if Durin ends up falling as far as you, which, which could easily happen, but I think that's, that's Dwight Howard body type right there.
2: Uh, he's, well, he's a, a, a few Durance. more thoughts uh, that we could share on Mark Williams before we get out of here, but before we continue that and get to mm-hmm. a few of y'all's comments about the draft, uh, Big Dave, we have a new sponsor with us starting this week at CHGO.
0: Would you like to tell the people all about it? You know, I love to do this here, especially when it's new. And the name of the company, y'all, is Own. Get you right there. Get that shot right there in the camera for you, right there, Joey, while I hold that up for you. Go ahead and get a look at that First of all That bottle is amazing
1: looking Will
0: you gonna wanna get down on this sir You are gonna wanna <laughs> get down to Brazil? Oh you are gonna want I'm gonna have something ready for you Well I can't <laughs> promise you Cause it is delicious But I I promise I'll get you a buck I'll get you something Cause it's 100% plant based protein shake That gives you the nutrition That works as hard as you do All of the products Are free of artificial ingredients Allergen friendly No gluten or dairy And easily digestible And oh just to let you know who's down with this, I think you heard of him. Justin Fields. Oh. Anybody? You heard of this guy? Yeah, I think I heard of him. And you're gonna want to do what Justin Fields is doing. Don't you want to be down? I think you do. Oh no, I do want to tie this out myself. Let me get you a little taste right here. Mm.
2: Live on air, folks. Oh, Big Dave likes the own.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Took that down. That's amazing right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there feeling you that go. right there, baby. All right. So, Own and CHGO have partnered to give you guys an awesome offer so you can get you down on some of this. 20% off your first purchase at liveown.com. Just use that code CHGO20. I'm telling you, I know I know Will's writing this down right now. That's CHGO20. G-O right and that's Own. You can liveown.com. 20% off your first purchase. Purchase own. Gotta get on your own, girl. Get you some own. This is amazing. I'm gonna pause with it right there. And it matches what I got on. And it matches what Matt got on. <laughs> hey, it's on point. It's on point. Get you some, baby. That was awesome.
2: I'm so happy that you enjoy that so much.
0: <laughs> it's plant based, 100. percent So
2: many healthy things that we're that we're promoting here. At CHGO. Look at it on the
0: side. This is a snack. Look at They're that. They're telling you what this is, man. This is good, man. I'm gonna drink another one of these as we get. A out of preferred
2: here. snack of Chicago Bears QB1.
0: Come on, man. Justin Fields. It's Justin Fields, it's gotta is down be good. With it. I want this, man. It's gotta man. be good. More of this. More. More There's of this. There's a whole table of them over there. Oh, you think I ain't about to get down? <laughs> I'm getting down on it, man. I'm getting down on the own, boy. You can have mine. Thank you, Matt. This is why we're friends. Clearly, it's delicious and good for you.
2: <laughs> I prefer my protein to come from protein. <laughs> but this works for a lot of people, so give it a try.
3: <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
2: um, oh, speak- you were speaking about his basketball IQ, and there were a couple of comp- player comps in-, in the comments about like this player, but with a higher basketball IQ. Um, if you guys haven't yet, I definitely recommend going and watching his film session with Mike Schmidt who, you know, up until very recently was doing draft breakdowns for ESPN. Mm -hmm. OG was doing draft breakdowns for Draft Express, which I still want so badly to come back because those videos were incredible especially for someone who is like way more focused on NBA hoops and doesn't have the time throughout the college basketball season to pay that much attention to college basketball. Those draft express videos were great. But so now he was doing a different kind of version of that for ESPN. uh, And they put up a bunch of these uh, over the course of May doing film session and film breakdown with the scout, these prospects themselves and his his with Mark Williams is great because it, shows you and highlights just how bright Mark Williams' basketball mind is.
0: Completely agree, man. And that's why I kept talking about his IQ because I sat and I watched that. And I was just like, man, look at this dude. Like, he was so focused watching that, you know, when they were having those discussions. Like, everything that he wanted to talk about, like whenever he was running that tape back, it wasn't no eyes on Mike. (laughs) It was eyes on the tape. What are you showing me? Let's see what I did. I can tell you exactly what it was. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? and he was trying to let them know what it was and correct it at the same time. I know that's when I was like, okay, this kid's IQ is serious, man. Mm-hmm. He's he's an impressive prospect to me. He really is.
1: He also just had like such a great personality. Like he was just like smiling and like getting really excited about his highlights and like explaining and breaking them down, but he was just like proud of himself and he just seemed like a really good, smart, kind person. So that was that's always good to see. Everybody like the Averys, too. Shout out to y'all for enjoying
2: Uh, it. Yeah. (laughs) Someone saying that they thought they always wanted Morgan Freeman to narrate their life, but Dave is a a serious contender. Um, Can I
3: say one thing on Mark Williams? Sure. I think it's important to note, too, like this Duke team was absolutely loaded, and they had five guys that were considered to be, you know, fringe first-round picks. Right. Probably more like Trevor Keels might be in the first round. He might not. But I like that he is willing to... He's already played in a role where he's not necessarily like the offensive engine. Most most college teams he probably would have been the focal point of their offense, but he played with Paolo like he knows how to play off of another player that's more talented than him or multiple. And so I think that suits him well for what his role is going to become in the NBA.
2: Yeah, and, and that's interesting because I've seen in a couple of places uh that you know, uh, as far as, like, across the board, most people mock draft-wise have Paolo going definitely top 10. Some people have him in the top five. Some right. people even have him sneaking into the top three. Right. Whereas Mark Williams has been more commonly seen somewhere between 10 and 20. Right, right, exactly. I've I've seen and heard some people say, as far as the Duke prospects in this draft, Mark Williams should be the first one taken off the board.
0: Yeah, He's the one that's the NBA-ready guy. You know what I mean? Seven foot, I can dunk and I can block. You'll find a place for that on your team. I don't care what system you run. You'll find a place for that on your squads. So he's the NBA ready guy for sure. Go ahead, Will.
1: But I think that also that also speaks to like the limited upside there. Like I, you never want to like put a cap on a dude's ceiling. But like to me, it's not close. Like Paulo is the the guy off of that team specifically. I don't know if I, where where I would have him between Chet and Jabari at this point. But like you kind of know what you're getting from him. You know he's going to settle into role because to Joey's point, that's what he's done. Um, And I don't see him being like Rudy Gobert level talent to where he really truly becomes a star center. Like he's going to be good. He's going to be very good. And if everything breaks right, he could be like a very good center on a very good team, Um, which is great, especially at 18. Like I don't want to take anything away from him. But I also don't think he's going to be like the number one option on like a championship caliber team. Maybe like nobody in this class will be. But I think you you want to swing for some more upside towards the top of the draft with guys that you still think will have high floors. So um, yeah, I think my my overall like take on Mark Williams, is I think he's going to be very solid. And he could even be better than that. But um, I have questions about like where he fits in the modern NBA. And maybe those don't even matter because he's just so long. And like, patient and smart as a shot blocker that, like, even if he gets beat, it just doesn't matter because he can make up for his own mistakes.
2: You know, rim protection and then also the work that he's able to do on the offensive glass, those are two of the biggest weaknesses on this Bulls roster right now. So, you know, drafting to improve where your flaws are is something that we've seen AK and Eversley do since they arrived. Um, Would you agree with Will's assessment there, though, Dave, that if it is a draft class like this that is you know, mutually agreed upon by most experts to be sort of underwhelming as far mm-hmm. as franchise changing talent. Mm-hmm. And if you know that about this dra- this year's draft class and the bulls are picking mid to late mm-hmm. with their first round to take a swing on a high upside person, instead of maybe what you see as a best available right now, kind of person.
0: Ooh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a risk either way you go. Um, you might want to draft for your need. I mean, I'm sure most people want to do that, but the Bulls, I think, are in a position to where you got to go with the guy with the upside mm-hmm. um, because you kind of want to build. Because, And I'm only saying that because DeMar has two more years left. Um, Zach hasn't signed yet. I'm sure he'll have about four, four or five, whatever. But he's coming in. You know, he's still in his prime. He'll have about three years, maybe four, mm-hmm. if it's nice, you know what I mean, of his prime to go. So, yeah, I think you'll be looking at guys with that high upside that could give you something year three, you know what I'm saying? Like, or or come in immediately and contribute either right. way. Um, So yeah, I think they would go for that over the need and knowing, looking at Denver and how they've drafted, it's usually been the guy with the upside, right? more so the guy with the need, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think you brought up a, a good point there, Dave, which is that like, the Bulls are kind of like threading the needle and being both good presently and also taking swings for the future. Like Patrick Williams, very much a future swing, right? Like I don't think anybody was like thinking he could come in and be, you know, a high caliber starter right away. And then next year they draft Io and he's, you know, definitely got some upside, but he's much more, he's 21 or whatever, 22 comes in and he can like produce right away. That um, You've seen them like go after guys like Lonzo, but then you've also seen them go after guys like Damar. So they're kind of in a unique situation where they're, where they're able to do that. And I think that's how you end up being, You know, a sustainable franchise. So, I I think you always want to go for talent um, because you don't know what's going to happen with Zach. Like, there's a chance that he could leave. So, you want to make sure that you're getting talent so that in the event that he goes, you have some, you know, room to grow. You have some buffer um, rather than just trying to like fill a certain hole that you think you might be missing. Um,
2: and and so. Guys can either be idle or trending up or trending down as you make your way through the final month leading up to the draft. And Will, I believe I saw in your notes that, you know, based on the measurables that were uh, taken of Williams at the NBA Draft Combine just, you know, a week or so ago, that you believe his name will be a trending up name. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Teams are looking for bigs that they think can play at a high level. And, you know, if if they believe in his ability to – Like, defend the perimeter, uh, he's gonna like that team will think he's gonna be playoff ready and playoff capable. And so that could mean he really slides up the board. So um, it's, I mean, it's obviously impossible to say what teams are gonna do, but just based on the measurables, um, going back and watching some film and understanding like what he does and then what the upside is there, um, I could definitely see teams wanting to take a swing on him, uh, especially teams that are really in need of a big man like a Charlotte or a Knicks.
2: Gonna say, I was actually talking to some of our old friends at Locked On Hornets and watching one of
1: their recent shows.
2: Licks. They've got they've got picks at 13 and 15, mm. and a lot of people, including our Locked On Hornets pals, believe that one of those two picks, 13 or 15, could be the Hornets looking for that big man and taking Williams off the Dude, board.
0: Him with like Lamelo. Woo! I top. mean, we,
2: you were saying him <laughs> with Lonzo. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. it would be
2: him with be either so. of the Ball brothers. Yeah. Or, you know, Leangelo because apparently, according to LeVar, he's going to be a star in the NBA any day now.
1: <sighs> go ahead. <laughs> the, the Knicks at 11 could be looking for a center. The Spurs at 9, depending on what they do with Jakob Pertl. Um, even, like, the Blazers at 7. Like, we don't know what they're going to do. They could renounce uh, Nurkic's rights and uh, go for maybe it's probably more likely Durin, but it's just, you know, the... I can still think they're trading that like, pick, though. Those up. guys are, yeah, absolutely could be. Um, and maybe Charlotte realizes that he's going to be higher, uh, go off the board higher, and they package those picks together, try to gr- grab their guy. So, who knows? It, it'll that's why draft season is so fun because, like, these guys who you know, there's a couple guys who are like mid second round picks, and then all of a sudden they're like late lottery, and it just like changes so quickly. And it's really fun to like go back and watch their game tape and their combine stuff. So, it's just a really fun time of year because it. It changes. It can ch- totally change the direction of your entire franchise for the next like right. ten years.
2: Uh, Geo right. in the comments said, "Acme going to pull a ha- pull a rabbit out of their hat once again." That's
1: what they do. Can't baby. wait.
2: Can't wait to see what happens. Right. As opposed to just dreading the draft because you believe your team's front office will find a way to mess it up.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. And and I like what Hayes said. He brings up a good point about the Knicks uh, potentially losing Robinson. Oh, it yeah. also plays in like if the Bulls get Robinson. That might immediately take, I uh, 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 got Williams off the board right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that should be interesting to watch. You can too. count on the Knicks to mess things up, <laughs> always. Yeah, that won't change anytime soon. That's going to happen. That's going to be a thing. Bless their hearts. Thank you, New York News.
2: Uh That is it. We are out of time. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. If you haven't already uh, and you enjoyed today's show, please hit that thumbs-up button right underneath our video. Uh, it helps us out a lot. Subscribe to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel if you aren't already. We've got CHGO Bets coming up at 4.30. Woo. And then... All through the evening, we've got Cubs and Sox pregame coverage for you, and then yes. Cubs and Sox postgame. Fresh off that kind of depressing Crosstown mini series over the weekend, we won the series though. So uh, split? split, no, we got the trophy. We won the series.
0: Okay, we got the trophy.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm depressed by both baseball teams, in Chicago, right now. <laughs> Tim Anderson, um, damn it! <laughs> I, I saw a lot of other names flying around in the comments as far as other people and other names you guys want us to talk about in this draft class. The answer is yes. We will talk about all of them. We've got yeah. the next three weeks to talk about players who might to the Bulls at 18 and who the Bulls might be looking at. We will get to as many as we possibly can. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you uh, check out our website, allchgo.com, to get the latest from Mr. Goat Gottlieb, uh, all <laughs> the great coverage he's doing, plus everything else we got going on. You know our guy, Will, the other Will at CHGO, Will DeWitt, yes. has 50 pieces that he's thrown out there. With, like, basically a column for every Bears player coming into training camp. It's
0: insanely awesome. That is crazy awesome. CHGO,
2: this is why y'all need a
0: membership. This is exactly why. He's got it ready.
2: Uh, Follow Will on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. Big Dave's at bowb B A W L Sports there it is (laughs) socks and the sandals come on come on baby uh i'm bulls underscore peck if you want to follow me on twitter so i can make so you can see me make fun of him for wearing socks and sandals simultaneously watch
0: me be so unbothered we are chgo (laughs) underscore
2: bulls shout out and thanks to our pal and our producer joey for running everything today hi lawrence lawrence
0: is here too hey lawrence Keep it here.
2: Uh, we'll be back same time, same place, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Chicago time, in studio with another episode for you. More of our Chicago Bulls draft hi- history countdown and more Bulls draft prospects from the class of 22. Bye. See you ready? Be good, y'all.